1 Samuel chapter number 7, verse number 1, the Bible says this, The men of Kirjath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kirjath-Jerim that the time was long, for it was 20 years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth, and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpath, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpath, and they drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, the Lord of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. Now take a look at this verse here. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight. We're thankful to be in this place, Lord. Just thankful for the privilege and opportunity we have, Lord. I praise your name for that. And just appreciate all you're doing here. And we just come to you, Lord. I pray tonight if there's one in this place lost, I don't know. There could be somebody in here, Lord, that doesn't know you in salvation that... God, they get born again tonight. I pray for the church tonight, Lord, on the eve of revival. God, on the eve of these meetings that we've scheduled here, Lord, I pray. Let our hearts be open to truth and, and help us, Lord, to receive tonight, this week, Lord, the word of God. Lord, help us to hear and be obedient to it. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We need you. We want to honor you. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> As we come to this chapter, I'll kind of give you a context of what we get to verse number 9. Now, in the first six verses of, uh, of chapter number 7, what we see here is that Israel gets right with God. That's talking about a revival, so to speak. This is what takes place in these verses. There is a repentance that goes on. Now, you don't find the word repentance, but how do I know that? Well, they put away the things that they were serving, and they begin serving God. There was a change of mind that resulted in a change of life. May I say, repentance will change lives. That's what, what it does. And, and, and Israel gets right with God and, and they begin to worship the Lord and revival takes place in this place. And as we come to verses 7 and 8, now they're gathered together there and, and, and the Philistines heard of it. And the Philistines hearing that Israel's gathered together, they came to fight against Israel. And, and, and may I say, it's oftentimes that when we get things right, we can expect the enemy to come close and to cause problems. Now, what, what, what this chapter, as we see in here, is they were, they were serving all kinds of other things, and they got right with God, and the enemy shows up. And I want to take this right here, and, and that's, this is going to be my message tonight. You say, well, well what are we supposed to do, and, and what do we do in this one? Here's what we're going to do, and here's what we're going to do in this church. We're just going to worship him. That's what I want to talk about. This is an amazing passage of Scripture. And, 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 and as we come here, I think about they're crying out to Samuel, saying, listen, we, we, need, we need God to do something. We, we need to do. And, and, and what do you think at times, now this is us thinking as men, you think at times, well, what would they do here? There's a lot of things they could have done right here. And this is probably not what we expected them to do. 
They're, listen, the Philistines are, are, they come up against them. They didn't come over to have coffee and donuts. That's not what they were there for. They, they, they came to kill them. That's what they were going to do. They are going to try to wipe Israel out. I, I'm talking about, and, and you know what Samuel did in this moment? In the moment, and I want to look about this. In, in some ways, though, they were never more cognizant about their lives than they were at this moment. You say, how do I know that? Well, because they realized they was about to lose them. It said they was afraid. They could see the enemy. They knew they were coming, and they were cognizant about their lives. And in this part of their lives where maybe they were most given attention to their lives and attention to the Lord, do you know what Samuel points them to do? He said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship through this thing. And may I say something to you? There's not an area, a situation, or a circumstance in your life in which you just can't worship your way through it. Now, I'm not going to tell you that it's always that God will always change the circumstances I cannot tell you that in this passage of scripture God did he did a mighty work there but can I say something to you hey worshiping the Lord through what you're going through will change you it'll change you and maybe God will do a work maybe he won't but I want you to know I want to look at this they were focused on worship Samuel as the leader of Israel at this time he said here's what we're going to do we're going to focus on God we're just going to worship God you know what there's a lot of things in these last days there's a lot of things we can we're in election year and it's going to keep ramping up we're going to keep hearing it for the next so many months till November I mean the the, the economic things not getting any better inflation you say I mean there's all kinds of things but can I say something to you we as a church and we as believers we can just worship right through this thing and that's what we ought to do we ought to just turn our focus on worship and get it on the Lord and I'm telling you what we won't necessarily worry so much and focus so much about all the things that could happen or what could be we'll just focus on him and trust him to help us through whatever we come to so notice what we see here Quickly, we see the priority of worship. Samuel placed a priority on worship. That, you say, how do I know they's worshiping? Well, they took a lamb and they offered it. Now, that's worship. And I'm going to talk about it in a minute. But you say, well, what really is worship? Do you know what they were doing? Samuel took that lamb. He, he was declaring to God his worth. That's what worship is. You say, when we come to worship, what do you mean? Well, when we come here to worship and we worship at home or wherever we're at, worship is telling God he's worthy. We're telling God of his worth. That's what we're doing here. Hey, I mean, that's what we'll do in eternity. The Bible said in Revelation 5 and 12, saying with a loud voice, you don't like loud preaching, hey, listen, God will fix you when you get there hey saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb that was slain notice this to receive power uh, and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing what we do here is that we give to him because he's worthy of our blessings he's worthy of our praises he's worthy of our service he is worthy and that's what worship is that's what we've come to do here. That's what we built our lives around. And there was a lot of things that Samuel could have done. But in this time of his life, and I mean, I want you to grasp this, they're in a time of crisis. In a time of crisis, we probably don't often think of worshiping, but we should. Can I say, when it's good, we can worship, and when it ain't so good, we should still worship. 
And that's what we see here. There's a priority placed on that. And, 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 and thinking about it, we got to remember whether, th- whether life is at its climax, the best it's ever been, or whether life is at its lowest, he is still worthy of our praise. That never changes. No matter what circumstance or situations you and I find ourselves in, he is worthy to be praised no matter what. And Samuel placed, he said in this song, they're all looking to Samuel. He said, what are we going to do? We're going to worship our way through this thing. Notice this. They were dealing with internal things. Notice in verse number 6, it said that they were afraid. Can I say something to you? That the anxiety... The, the fears, the worries, the internal. You know what? Hey, listen to me. The, the biggest battle you're going to face is not outside of the fence. It's inside of the head. This thing right here, listen, I mean, I, I, you, can, you can throw some things outside of the fence, but this thing right here, this is where you're going to battle the most. And internally, they were worried. They were wondering, how's this going to turn out? What's going to happen? The enemy's right there. All these things are going on. How's this situation going to go? And you know what Samuel's trying to do? He's taking them, I mean, they're bubbling up with all kinds of things that you and I feel. I know the Philistines ain't at our door, but can I say something to you? You've been in a situation where you felt like they felt. All those things were coming on, the worries, the stress, the anxieties, the questions, the wondering. You say, what are we going to do? And Samuel says, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to turn our focus over to the Jesus. We're just going to turn our focus over to the Lord. Listen, friends, we're going to face things internally. It's real. Let me say something to you. Life is real. Now, we can come in here, and I know how to look. I've been in church my whole life. And you can sit right there, and I want to say something to you. You can put a look on how you want to, but that don't mean that you ain't feeling that way on the inside. Now, if we're just real honest, we probably all come in here and put a church face on and smile like everything's okay, but internally, we feel a lot like they are. Amen? I'm right. I'm just being real. We do that. But in those times, we're focused on all these things we build up. My mind's the worst. My, My mind immediately goes to the very worst thing it can possibly be. I mean, listen, I can spill ketchup on the floor, and all of a sudden we have to build a whole new church. That's how my mind works. That's just how my mind goes. It automatically goes to the worst. That's just what it does. Okay? And, and, and I know that. And you know what he's trying to do? He's, he's saying, listen, Samuel is telling all these people he's got all these worries. He said, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to focus on worshiping him. We're just going to focus on him. Can I say something to you? If you're going through something right now, you ought to just worship you got to get your focus off what the problem is. At this point in time, their focus wasn't on the Philistines. It was on the lamb. It was on the offering. It was on worship. And may I say that's what we need to do. There was internal things, but there was external circumstances. Literally, the Philistines were outside the door. They gathered there. They moved from where they were when they heard that God's people got right. They came down to take a look. And they said, we want to break this up. Can I say something to you? The devil's looking to break your worship up. The devil's looking to break your focus on God. The devil's looking to hey, get in the way and get things messed up. They were getting their focus on the Lord, and they were coming to split that. I mean, they, they, got, I mean, they started throwing away the idols. They began pouring out what they were even fasting. I mean, they got spiritual quickly. They got right with God. Let me say something. When you get right with God, you start doing spiritual things. They got right with God. 
and the enemy showed up. Listen to me. It was good in here this morning. I mean, it was good in here this morning. And let me say something to you. I don't want it to not be like that. I don't want to go a period of time. I want that all the time. I read something over here a while back, and it changed me on revival. I told Tom this. It changed me about revival. I know what revival is, but I, re- I was reading this and studying this, and, and I never thought about this before. But, and I may have said this from the pulpit if I have, just I'd be like Judy and act like I ain't said it before. Revival is, should be abnormal to us. Think about that. Chew on that for a second. We shouldn't need. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against having meetings, and that's not what I'm saying. But we shouldn't need someone to come in every spring or every fall to come in and preach the Word of God to us to get us doing the things we ought to be doing to start with. You, you see what I'm saying? I read that from that man, and I never thought about that before. But I mean, when we have revival, it, I mean, granted, I want everybody to be in the will of God and do the will of God, but honestly, we ought to just be doing that all the time. And that changed the way I look at revival. I'm not, I'm not against, I mean, let me say something. We can be in the will of God and still have a week of meetings and God even help us even more. But we ought not be in a place that we need such a restoration all the time. Because we have all that we need to continue to go. That's something to think about right there. But I want you to grasp this. Those Philistines came up, they were dealing with circumstances that they were not in control of. Every single one of us get in there. I've learned in my life, listen, there's just some things I cannot do. I cannot change. I may want to, do all I can to try to, but I can't change them. That's where they were. You're going to come to these seasons of life. You're going to come to these circumstances in your life where there's, you can't do anything about it. You say, what am I supposed to do? Worship. Worship him. Worship him. Get your focus on him. That's what they did right here. They got their focus on him. They, 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 they decided, and, sa- and Samuel set this example, that they were going to just make prior- worship a priority. Can I say, we set aside times here, Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every night of the revival. We already come here. The purpose we come here is to worship. But we ought to be bringing our worship in and taking our worship with us. This isn't the only time. It it ought to be something we're doing all the time. And and, and listen, build your lives around the worship of him. You know what they were in a situation of? It didn't matter how much they owed on their mortgage. It didn't matter what sales were going on at the store. It didn't matter what was going on on Facebook or Twitter. It didn't matter all those things that was going on, the events down the ball field. didn't matter. You say why? Because they realize right here they may not be living much longer. Sometimes we get in situations where God's trying to show us, listen, all that stuff you got in your life, listen, you don't need that in there. Amen. And what we see right here is they got down to the bare minimums. They wasn't, they wasn't worried about all this other stuff. You know what they was worried on? They was worried about living. They wanted to serve God. That was their focus. And you know what? In that moment of time, Samuel was saying, build your lives around worship. Can I say something to you, church? Now, I'm not talking to a church that doesn't do that, but hey, we can still grow in this thing. Listen, we need to build our lives around the worship of him. 
all these other things, they'll start to figure themselves out and, and they'll, some will fall out and some will fall in. But let me say something to you. If we build our lives around worship, that's the priority here, and they were focusing their life, that's where you and I need to be. And that's what they've done in this moment. They were focused on their lives. Samuel was showing them the focus on worship. Now, I want you to see there was a priority place there. This is an everyday occurrence, not just because we're on the eve of revival. I mean, we, we should be cognizant that we're having a week of scheduled meetings. That ought to be something we're thinking about. How can we get there? Make sure that we're there every night. Make sure we come ready. Make sure that we're ready to worship. If God gives you a testimony, you better get it. God gives you a song, give it. If God says sit there, you sit there and smile and just enjoy. God, whatever it may be, we ought to be cognizant of that. But in another week, on next Sunday night, and listen to me, I'll get into my next point. We're going to see the price of worship. Now, I'll just, I'll just be real honest. It'll cost you some things to be here every day this week. I mean, you may not have to pay. We're not going to charge a fee to get in the door unless the interest rates go way up. No, but it's going to cost you some things. There's always an opportunity cost. Five and a half years of college, my dad paid for for me to learn that one thing. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Everything has a cost, though you may experience it free. And it may not cost you any money to get here. It may not, but it's going to cost you something. You say, what am I talking about the price of worship? That was somebody's lamb. In the midst of what was going on, somebody had a lamb there. That came out of some. That was out of come out, come out of somebody's bank account. It came out of somebody's backyard. It cost somebody something to worship. Now, here, here's a worship time for us right here. Let's just say, thank God we live in a free country. We ought to praise God for a moment. And we're not under the guise of of secrecy or doing these other things to get here. But let's be real honest. In 2024, look look at where. What did it cost us? Not, it didn't cost us a lot as far as just to come and sit in here. What do we really give up to worship? Think about it. I'm talking about we're coming to a, thank, we ought to praise God for this. We got 20 stalls of bathrooms here. We got cushioned seats. We got temperature control. We got 15 billion classrooms. And if we want to have a soup Sunday, we can go right up on the hill and do that. But I want you to grasp this for a second. There's a price in real worship. And you and I have got to realize, let me first, I want you to remember this. You say, well, it's going to cost me to come to revival this week. You may have to turn down something that you, that you want to do, something that someone else wants you to do or whatever it may be. But I want you to notice in this time, it costs somebody something to worship here. And we ought to count the cost. Let me say something to you. It don't matter what you bring up and say, I got this, and I got this, and I got this, and I got this. Because when I go back to point number one, he's still worthy. And he's worth far more than the things that you and I may have to give up for a season. I, I learned this. I mean, I've, I've learned things in life. I try to learn. So when we were in that Lone Oak Revival, I lost, I didn't get a lot of sleep. 
Now, let me say something. I'm not, don't, I'm not complaining here. I'm just being real honest with you. By the time we got to the second week, I'm just going to say God's grace is sufficient. That's what, and I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a need of sleep. I can only go so many days and my body just shuts down, okay? That's just how I am. And I'm talking about there was all kinds of people physically by Friday, we'll be tired. I'm going to go to work all week this week. I mean, if I can snag a day off, I ask them every day. They don't let me, but I try to snag a day off. <laughs> but there's going to be some cost in there. And I mean, when we get to Friday, Tom, I don't want to just, listen, it may be a battle just to get here. We're going to fight through some things like this. There's going to be some cost to that. You're going to be tired. You're going to want to sit down. You're going to want to take a nap. I mean, I would come home in that revival. I'd come home and sleep for 30 minutes, and I'd pray. And, and I'd, I, hopefully at that point in time, I already had a message because a lot of times I didn't even know what I was preaching. But as we go to this week, we set out for it's going to cost us some things. But there's a price to worship, but I want to say something to you. He's worth it. And I get to Friday and I might be tired. It might be a difficult week and it might be all dragging kids here, getting the kids here, going crazy. I mean, listen, we're not going to let, we, we went to Taco Bell today. My kids think it's a treat when we go inside Taco Bell. It's, it's hilarious because <laughs> all we do is a drive through. But I'm telling you what, we're going we're gonna to hold off sis on any strawberry lemonade. That red stuff got her crazy. I know how that, that's real. I say that because these are real things you're going to face down through the week. You're going to have things come up. I mean, I'm not going to do any plumbing, Mark. I'm, not, I'm just going to let it be. There's things, I'm not going to do any household renovations or try to fix anything. Listen, we'll just, go, we'll just get a hotel and stay somewhere the rest of the week. we got to focus on worship. But if the focus, listen, if the focus is not on him, we won't count it worth it. But if he's the priority of our life, we'll get here. We'll get here ready. We may, be, we may not be the best we can be, but we can give all that we are. And that, that's what we ought to be. There's a price of worship. They Notice it said, holy unto the Lord. This sacrifice right here. Is, now, some of the sacrifices in the Old Testament, they would keep some of that, and that would be eaten. That would be either eaten by the person or eaten by the priest, some of that. But this thing, they gave the whole thing to God. They said, Lord, we want you to have the whole thing. Can I say that we ought to do all that we can to give ourselves wholly to the worship of the Lord? He's worthy. That's what they were telling him. They're saying, Lord, you're worthy of worship. You're worthy of praise. We ought to not hold back. We ought to do everything we can to come here ready to worship. He's building this precedence in their lives. There's children amongst this. You think about it, all these people are gathered together here. And they're all seeing this. And they're realizing they ain't going to make it. And Samuel's saying, here's what we got to do. Can I say something to you, church? We, we should already know, look at COVID. Look at COVID. There's enough testimony in this church of things God done pre-COVID to get us through and to help us continue to... You know why we kept worshiping? Because we wanted to and he's worthy of it. I mean, I know there was safety protocol. I'm not, I'm not getting into all that stuff, but I'm just saying God made a way. We, I mean, how many months were we out there in the parking lot? Three months probably? I mean, Tom sweats up here, but up there in 85 degree heat. You say, why? Because he's worthy. Let me say something to you. Somebody had a lamb in their yard, but God will always provide what we need so that we can worship him. 
He'll always make a way for us to have what we need that we can worship and keep our focus on him. That's what we had right here. It cost somebody out of somebody's backyard, but God ultimately provided that thing. Don't hold back. Worship. In, 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 if, if the Lord don't come in five years, listen to me. Worship. Build your lives around worshiping him. I'm telling you, through everything, internally, externally, whatever it may be, we need to worship him. But we also see the person of worship. And that's what I like about the Old Testament. Notice they took a lamb. Now, I've been waiting for months to do this. But I'm going to tell you something about the Old Testament. Y'all probably never heard me say that. But everything in that Old Testament, it's a pointer. Y'all stay with me. This lamb here was picturing a lamb that was coming. There was all kinds of lambs. There was all kinds of sacrifices in the Old Testament. Y'all stay with me. The Old Testament is God saying he's coming. It was all pointing to Jesus. This lamb right here, hey, listen, it was a picture of the one that John saw in John 1, 29. When John looked over, he saw Jesus, and hey, I bet his finger got six, seven foot long right there. I bet he pointed out, and it stretched out. And you know what he said in John 1, 29? He said, behold, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. I don't have to elaborate on this point, but I might labor here for a minute. We do this here, but let me say something to you. It's about Jesus. This thing is about Jesus. It's wholly about Jesus. It's not, listen, I, we ought to just praise God for the grace that he's bestowed upon us and allowed us to serve him and been so merciful to us. I mean, he's blessed us abundantly. I mean, we ought to praise God. Hey, I want all these seats full, but listen, we still wouldn't be crammed in like we was down there. We praise God for that. We had people that wouldn't, that wouldn't come into church. It was so full down there. We got room. Look at that. I believe, God, hey, listen, God's put these seats here for a purpose. Maybe the first year or so was just so we could split six feet apart and not be near one another for COVID. I, and that's an amazing thing to think about for a second. But can I say something to you? It's not about what we do in this community. It's not, it's not about the name of the church. We ought to want to, listen, we ought to want people to know if they come here, they're going to hear the gospel. I mean, they, we ought to want them to know when they come here. Listen, as soon as they get here on Sunday morning, they, hey, even the smallest of the children begin to declare the gospel. Of Jesus. That's what they did this morning. And, and them little, they may not understand all they were saying, but what they were telling us, that Christ died for you and me. Hey, that's, that's 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, and that he rose again for you and me. Hey, that's 1 Corinthians, verse number 4. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for our sin. And I'm glad, friends, hey, in the same chapter, he is coming back for us. I want them to know that this is a place where the gospel goes. Listen to me, we, we, don't, we don't want to apologize for preaching the truth of God's Word. People may not like us because we preach the truth, but listen, that's a testimony too. We want to preach the truth of God's Word. You know why? Because it's about Him. We could make some, some maneuvers or changes to get more of some other thing. I don't want any other thing. We want God. We want the Lord Jesus Christ to be honored. Listen, 
I'd like to see 100 more people here. I would, amen. I'd like to see everybody back us here this morning, plus 20 more. But I'm going to tell you something. Whether they don't come or not, you and I better have in our hearts, we're coming because of him. That lamb right there was a picture. He was telling all of Israel, there's one coming. (laughs) Every year they were reminded of how they lived, how unworthy they were. And they would bring that sacrifice in every year. And for every year, God would just push it back or roll it over. And and, and, and it was to show them that law. All of the Old Testament was to show man. You know what the Old Testament is? It was showing man they can't save themselves. That's what it was doing. Every All of sin, that's what Romans 3 is. It's a picture in the Old Testament. They said we will do everything God said. They ain't three chapters out that they've done sin all over the place. You say, well, that's Israel. No, that's, that's man. That's you and I. But worship, <laughs> it's about him. Make him the focus. If you make the, your life, build, I'm talking about building your lives. You say, what do you mean by that? I'm talking about structuring your home, structuring your time. Structuring your decisions. You know, we ought to think about this. If I do this, will this dishonor God? Y'all didn't really get with me on that, but I mean, that's good preaching right there. We ought to have, we ought to have some thought. If I, if I go here, if I do this, will this bring some dishonor to the Lord? We ought to, we ought to be thinking that way. You say, well, if you're not thinking that way, let me say something to you. It's time to refocus back here on the Lamb. It's the person. What a great picture right here. Samuel was saying, he is coming. There's one coming, thank God, that holy gave himself. I'm talking about he was holy, but he left nothing. You realize that Jesus left nothing. He gave every single bit of it for you and I. As Tom preached this morning, wonderful message. I really started, you read that Psalm 22, I started thinking about all his joints out of place, Tom. I just never really gave that thought like that. I started thinking about his hands and his feet and his toes. I, I, one time I was playing basketball and I, I dislocated this, this, my ring finger right here. I couldn't wear my ring for a couple months. It was all swollen. I started thinking about the Lord's joints out of place. I mean, it, 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 was, it was weird when it happened just one finger. He never, never complained. He wholly gave himself for us. We ought to wholly give ourselves to him. Come on, Judy. That's that's the message tonight. Is we got to worship. I want to tell you, I'm glad I'm in a place that desires to worship God. I want to continue to do whatever we can. But as a church and as an individual believer, that ought to be our primary focus of our lives. This is what Samuel was building them in this place. They'll, they'll, they, there's people in this lives that their lives changed in this moment. Think about this. There's certain moments of your life that, are, that you look back on at a period of time, and it was a turning point in a changing place. People right here, some children, some adults, they would have looked back to this. Like we do and say, you remember, where we say 9-11, you remember where you was, right? This would be a thing for them. You, do you remember? You remember when we were there at Mizpah 
and the Philistines are surrounding us. And Samuel got a lamb. We were crying. We were scared to death. We didn't know what we was going to do. And Samuel said, let's worship. Let's worship him. May I say something to you? This could be a night that you get something going and moving in your life if it's not there where you begin to change the way you live to build your life around worship of him that's what eternity will be now thank God when we get to eternity there'll be no more sin I like that this morning thank God there'll be no more self either I wish this guy would die he has to every day and if he don't he causes me a lot of problems may I say the same thing for you but when we get there, we'll have a body like and unto his. We'll get out of this vile body. Thank God we'll get out of this vile body. And we're going to be like him. I don't know what all that means, but it's good. That's what I know. I can't give you all the details, but I know that it'll be wonderful. But until we get there, your greatest strength tonight, when the devil's fighting, when you're fighting with yourself, your greatest strength tonight is to start worshiping him. I'm telling you something. Let's focus, let's continue to focus, and let's grow in it. I think we can grow in it. I'm not talking to a dead church. This place is alive. Thank God for it. I praise God for that. And I'm not being down on y'all. I'm just saying we can go more. I don't want to look back and say, well, man, that was good this morning, six months from now. And that'd be the last good one we had. Let's just come to worship. If we come to worship, it may not be your turn to sing. It may not be your turn to testify. It may not be your turn. Let me say something to you. You being here, minding God, makes a difference. You coming here with the purpose to honor the Lord makes a difference. That's what we want to be as a church. Let's bow our heads tonight.